Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 11 Mac grabbed Gary's arm, his meaty hand completely encircling Gary's bicep. He manhandled Gary over to the men's bathroom as Gary struggled. Reggie received the worst of it as Beverly began to fight back. She slapped and scratched at Reggie's face as he pushed her toward the locked supply closet. When he got to the closet door, he put his weight against her, wedging her against the wall, then called over to Mac. You got the keys, Mac? Reggie said. Mac unhooked the keys from his belt loop and tossed them to Reggie. Reggie fumbled to find the right key to the padlock that hung from a hasp securing the door as Beverly struggled. When you get it open, throw me a mop handle, Mac called. Reggie nodded and tried to unlock the padlock, it clicked open just as Beverly kneed Reggie in the groin, doubling him over. Seeing her chance, she made a dash for it, but with his right hand on his aching package, Reggie reached out with his left and grabbed Beverly's arm. She pulled against Reggie's grip, but couldn't get away. In pain and out of breath, Reggie shoved her into the supply closet. She fell on her butt onto a case of toilet paper. Mad as hell, Beverly struggled to her feet as Reggie looked on apologetically. She charged him, and his apology turned to panic. Grabbing a mop at the last minute, Reggie slammed the door in Beverly's face, threw the hasp closed, and secured it with the padlock. Reggie turned and tossed the mop to Mac, and then grabbed himself with both hands and slid to the floor, whimpering. Behind him, Beverly assaulted the door, Gary twisted and struggled like a tiny fish on a big hook as Mac shoved him into the men's room. Mac pulled the door closed and jammed the mop through the door handle, locking Gary in. Mac watched as Gary struggled with the door from inside the bathroom. The door rattled but could not be pulled open. Satisfied that all was secure, Mac went over to Reggie, who still sat on the floor, holding his nuts. You gonna make it, Reggie? Mac asked. Reggie tried to catch his breath. Geez, I had an easier time with Gary, Mac said. Reggie opened his eyes and looked up. Screw you, man, he said. Reggie held out his hand. Mac took it and hauled Reggie to his feet. Come on, let's get our wrenches, Mac said. Reggie held his stomach and shuffled along behind. Five minutes later, Reggie and Mac each held an oversized crescent wrench and glanced around the expansive yard that formed the perimeter of the main set of buildings. The night was quiet, except for the sizzle of the incoming and outgoing distribution lines. The yard was dotted with towers and gantries, transformers, 
circuit breakers, and control cables. Huge overhead lamps illuminated swaths of ground, bathing the yard in a ghostly light. In between the ovals of light, dark shadows alternated, giving the plant a surreal feel. Reggie and Mac's feet made crunching sounds as they shuffled over the loose gravel covering the yard. So, when do you think Homeland will show up? Seems like they should have been here by now, Reggie said. Mac kept his eyes peeled. I don't know, Reg, Mac said. But if I had my druthers, it wouldn't be until after we got this place locked up tight as a snare drum. Why is that, Mac? Reggie said. Mac looked over at Reggie for a second before turning his eyes back to the yard and perimeter fence ahead of them. Well, think about it, Reg. I mean, here we are, just a couple of lowly wrench turners who saved the plant after the foreman goes and gets himself whacked. We're in line to be a couple of heroes, Mac said. Reggie broke out into a smile at the thought. So we eat, Reggie said in a sing-song voice. Hey, Mac, do you think there will be some kind of re- Just then, Mac reached out and put his hand on Reggie's chest, stopping him. Hold on there, Reg. I think I heard something, Mac said. The two men froze in their tracks, but could hear nothing beyond the crack and sizzle of live current. Mac kept his ear to the wind as Reggie waited. Just under the sound of the current could be heard the crunching of gravel behind them. They stood in the oval of one of the overhead lamps and stared into darkness between themselves and the next lamp. The two men waited and listened. The sound of feet crunching over the gravel got louder. What is that, Mac? Reggie said, the question coming out in a harsh whisper. You know what it is, Reggie. It's a couple of them boogeymen. Get ready to bash some heads, Mac said. Reggie swallowed hard and gripped his wrench. How do you know we can get them all, Mac? Reggie said, a fresh sheen of sweat breaking out on his forehead. Mac huffed. Oh hell, Reg, if that little geek Gary can take out one, we sure as shit can... Mac's words froze in his throat as the sound of crunching grew to a crescendo. A mob of what looked to be twelve shufflers emerged out of the shadows. Mac's face went slack. Run! Needing no further encouragement, the two men took off. What about the plant and us being heroes? What about Bev and Gary? Reggie said, putting one foot in front of the other as fast as he could. Beside him, Mac huffed a response, his breath coming out in short, quick bursts. Screw that! And screw them! Mac dropped his wrench, and both men lumbered into the night. Behind them, the twelve shufflers turned into runners. Chapter 12 Mac was no runner, and he knew it. With his meaty arms, barrel chest, and tree-trunk legs, he was built for wrangling cable or turning bolts as big around as his hand. Those same skills made him a plodding giant and no match in the running game for the more lithe and slender man, alive or undead. As Max slammed one huge foot in front of the other, painful shockwaves jolted up through his calves and into his knees. The air pumped in and out of his lungs in deep, harsh rasps, his chest rising and falling 
as if operated by a massive piston. He knew they would be on him in a second. His only thought now, would it hurt? Reggie saw the chain-link fence a hundred yards in front of him. His head darted left and right, looking for the gate. He pumped his arms and legs furiously. He still clutched the forgotten wrench in his right hand, looking like a misshapen baton in this race of death. He had distanced himself from the ravenous horde, but what he gained in a lighter frame he lost in stamina. A Cecil lifestyle of barstools, the only running he ever did, was running a tab. When he wasn't doing that, he was getting high on his couch. All of that relaxed living was paying off in dividends now. He could feel himself tiring, felt the painful stitch in his side that already threatened to derail him. The things behind him suffered no such ailments. They felt no stitch or drain of fatigue. They only felt the hunger and burning desire to bite. Reggie ran, but he felt himself slowing. He cried out in fear and panic as he turned his head to look behind him at the progress of the indefatigable horde. Mac's head lolled back, eyes closed, his gait now more a shuffle than a run. As his head fell forward and his eyes opened, he saw Reggie up ahead. Reggie wasn't running away. He was running towards him. A pained smile broke out on Mac's pale, sweaty face as Reggie approached, his wrench held high. Reg, my man, thank— Mac's words were cut short as Reggie brought the wrench down in a sweeping arc, not on the heads of the undead behind Mac, but across Mac's weakened left knee. Mac crumpled to the ground and almost took Reggie with him. Reggie backpedaled, dropping the wrench. He looked up at the advancing horde, and his face went to a whiter shade of pale. Reggie turned and ran. Behind him, a blood-curdling scream laced with fear and murderous anger erupted from Mac. Reggie put his hands over his ears and ran into the night as the horde fell upon the stricken Mac and began to tear him apart. Reggie couldn't believe his eyes. Instead of it being secured, the gate sat wide open. He careened into the guard shack and pushed a button by the door marked Close. The gate rattled to life and began to roll shut. Reggie darted out of the shack towards the narrowing gap, taking only a precious few seconds to mark the progress of the dead giving chase. He pumped his arms and raced through the closing entrance. As the gate closed behind him, his breath came in short bursts, and he whimpered and cried. He and Mac had worked together for five years. They would grab beers together after work and sit on stools and bitch about life, their boss, and the government. It was the closest thing Reggie had to a regular friend, and his gut raked him for what he did. He turned and threw up. Hammer me, Reggie muttered as he wiped his mouth and watched the dead slam into the chain link in front of him on the other side of the fence. Still shaking, he ran his hands through his hair. A guttural cry burst from his chest, and he approached the fence. The dead clung to it, rattling it in a furious attempt to get at him. Reggie backed away, 
As he did, something on the ground caught his eye. He went over and picked up a large flashlight. Carl's flashlight. You went outside the gate, you old codger? Reggie said into the night. His eyes rose from the security guard's flashlight in his hand to the gate entrance and the horde trying to press through it. And you left it open! You left the fucking gate open, you fuck! Reggie didn't get to finish his rant. A group of six runners burst from the darkness and sacked him. Reggie's vocal cords were stretched to the breaking point as he screamed. His body never touched the ground as the six sank their teeth into him, carrying him into the darkness away from the plant. A wet ripping sound rose above the growls and groans of the feeders, and Reggie's screams were silenced.